Usually, we think that being detached during a crisis would be a bad thing, but today's guest explains why it could be better to be detached by design. As we look to improve cyber crisis response, is it time for a different approach? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 74 as the Resilience Think Tank presents the Resilient Journey podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and today I'm joined by Nick Scazzaro, and we're talking about using what he refers to as out-of-band crisis management space. His approach allows the team, documents, and conversations to be held outside of your corporate workspace. Nick explains that collaboration and communications are key to a coordinated response, and that a coordinated response leads to quicker recovery. The Resilient Journey is now ad-free, so be sure to give some love to the Resilience Think Tank for sponsoring the podcast. Nick, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Uh, Let's just start with your background. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Um, Happy to be here, and and thank you to all your listeners uh, for tuning in. Um, So a bit about my background. Uh, I come from a software engineering background. Uh, So I've been in the space for about 25 years with much of my story dating back to the early days of BlackBerry. So as as BlackBerry needs no introduction or or, uh, summary, but they are, they they were a pioneer in secure communications. Um, In in about 2015, I co-founded MobiStream, uh, a software products and services company with much of our focus on secure communications for large organizations. So naturally, uh, this led us into our new product called Shadow HQ, which is why our paths crossed. Yeah, you're right. Uh, You and I have a a client that is using Shadow HQ, and I'm incorporating it into my crisis management response. And I just want to say at the beginning here that this is not meant to be an infomercial for Shadow HQ. What we want to do is spend a few minutes today talking about ways that we can advance the crisis management response process. And that's what your tool does. Uh, so we'll speak in conceptual terms as we work our way through this. And uh, and I, actually, that's kind of where I want to go first is um, the tool really does add a unique approach to crisis management response. Uh, explain what the concepts are of the tool and what you're trying to accomplish by it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, So actually, Mark, the concept is pretty simple. Um, In the event of a large-scale attack or outage, uh, perhaps even the doomsday scenario, uh, Shadow HQ is your backup virtual bunker built for IR teams to communicate, share real-time updates, access critical documents during that crisis, um, considering your primary systems are down or the accounts that power your cloud systems are compromised. Um, the critical assets that you would want your backups would be like your IT playbooks or runbooks, um, press releases, insurance documents, or or any other of, of those type of documents. So this is a, a cloud-based system. It is is intended to be separate from um, our normal network, from, from not integrated in the regular work environment. That's right. It's it's what we're calling out of band um, or detached by design. Uh, we've learned the hard way that uh, it, you know, especially in cyber security attacks, your your actors or your um, hackers or bad actors have access to uh, your communications and accounts. 
So trying to counter an attack, mitigate and recover from their attack under their watchful eyes can make a bad situation even worse. Um, I'd imagine that nobody wants the bad guys to know what you're thinking and what your next moves are um, so that they can just get ahead and, and, and hurt you. Um, being completely detached, in fact, uh, you know, again, detached by design, um, the environment is sterile, it's safe, it's secure, um, and it's not affected by your outage or, or the, the, uh, your hackers. Um, it gives continuity to, so that your teams can recover faster by doing all the right things and accessing all the tools and people that you need in that time. You, you and I spoke recently as we were planning uh, work for uh, this common client, and we talked about that it's a, a good practice to just always assume that you're being watched. That's right. Yeah, it, it's. Um, I, I feel like a lot of this incident response is, is starting to mature to consider those bad actors. Um, it, it, it's almost like a, a gap that's been identified that is catching people off guard. So uh, it, it's a new world or a new age um, that we have to think about these things. You, you said it a minute ago when you said it could make things worse uh, if you had a situation where you're communicating openly and maybe it's in uh, some online chat tool or through email and you are working on your strategy and basically you're handing your playbook to the bad actor and you're explaining to them exactly what you're doing and they're just watching it. They're able to always stay one step ahead of you. That's right. Um, it's absolutely uh, uh, scary what's out there. I just came from another client call where they um, they intercepted not only their primary systems, but their cell phones. Um, and at that point was uh, uh, receiving calls from the banks, um, sending financial information uh, between each other. So um, yeah, it's to assume they're there and they're everywhere. And that's really interesting um, that it's not just laptop, desktop environments, but there you go with the mobile phones as well. That's a, I hadn't considered that. That's an, an interesting concept. I've written a number of cyber crisis response playbooks. Uh, and, you know, right after the incident happens and the technical folks look at it and, and they have that moment where they realize that this is a pretty serious incident, the first thing that we typically do is convene the crisis management team. Now, what you're suggesting with a tool like this is rather than executing some kind of a call tree or doing manual steps to pull people together, your tool can do that for us? Yeah, that's one of the, the bigger features, um, all kind of under the umbrella of making things happen quicker. Uh, call trees can be tricky, uh, especially within a, a big organization. Um, and so in these crises and, and, and these incidents, we all know time is of the essence. So alerting and engaging your team has to be instant. And we do a pretty good job of doing that. Uh, there's no fumbling around for dial-ins or passwords or web, co web conference links, rather just ongoing immediate notifications and communications um, at the press of a button. Uh, a lot of our alerts and, and um, notifications are multi-channel. So it's email, push notification, and SMS alerts. And our commitment is to wake your incident team up at 2 a.m. just by pulling the alarm, so to speak. When you say pulling the alarm, what, what, what do you mean by that? 
it's that, um, you know, when that incident starts, uh, you know, that, that first team member or um, uh, coach who's initiating the incident just simply has to fill out a form. It's, it's, it's a quick summary or a brief that informs the rest of the team of what's going on. And as soon as they hit uh, send, uh, the series of alerts go out uh, against that multi-channel, as I mentioned, um, and it just summons everyone to the bunker uh, to, to, to get working. Now, I would assume that most people who are listening to the podcast are familiar with various types of mass notification systems. This is not that. This is limited basically to reaching out and engaging people and bringing them to the table. Do I have that right? Yeah, it's it's for that predetermined response team um, with the ability to add on people you need. Um, it, it's not notifying people that uh, are, aren't expecting to be notified during these type of events. Sure. It's the similar concepts, but it's, um, it's uh, more limited in scope, I guess you could say. Uh, all right. So we've, the, the first step is complete. We've gathered people together. We've gathered the crisis management team together. And now we want to share details of what's going on. That's always step two in, in my plan everybody's sitting around the table, or in this case, a virtual table, and they want to know, okay, well, what the heck is going on? Uh, how do we communicate the current state of affairs to, to the team at that point? Uh, so great question. Um, there's multiple ways of sharing information. The, um, the tool is uh, really around that instant communications and collaboration. So there is that typical messaging that you'd expect, um, not trying to reinvent the wheel. So if you can use any of the major platforms in your day-to-day -day systems, you should be able to navigate um, in our communications component. Now that is broken down with um, war rooms, which are virtual meeting rooms with the click of a button, you can initiate and send out alerts and, and gather people together in multiple rooms at once. Um, there's also breakout rooms. So if you needed to put a cross-functional team or an external vendor, um, you can collect those users and put them in a, a breakout room and let them to securely communicate. And obviously your one-to-one your -one, uh, chatting, uh, VoIP, video, all of that good stuff. Um, we took a lot of our inspiration from the major platforms, um, things like you know WhatsApp. Um, so if you can use that, uh, any age group, um, we can. It, it's as simple as that. Um, it was our goal. The other way is, is to constantly share those, uh, the communications and updates. So in the incident, um, in managing through that incident, um, a lot of the different teams are out there executing their different components. Uh, and there's a place where we can just quickly add our updates and just to inform the rest of the team and the board members uh, of what's happening um, and, and our progress on all the different areas. I think you talked about uh, this uh, again when we were doing some offline work, but as those updates come in, maybe they come in from different teams. Maybe in this case, the technology team is going to come back to the chat and sorry if that's not the right word, but I'll just use chat conceptually here. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, uh, well, we found a clean backup, um, but based on the situation, uh, we're going to lose three weeks worth of data because they had to go back three weeks to find a clean backup. That information can be then provided to the entire team right through the chat channel. And then it's also 
documented in the overall response, isn't it? I mean, something like this can not only help keep uh, people who might be coming late to the table, keeping them updated, they can read through and see what's going on, but it can also be used after the fact to go back and reassess what was done to say, look, you know, it took too long to get this answer or look how this came in and you can make yourself better, can't you? Yeah, so a few things. Um, one is consensus building. So in that crisis, people are less likely to make a decision confidently, especially without some buy-in. Um, you realize there's some risk. So by having all the decision makers together, um, it can build that consensus on, on what to do. Um, and then documenting those pieces uh, is a key piece to, you know, the auditing and the compliance piece, but also the uh, continuous improvement. So there are some KPIs that we can get out of it. Uh, out of it, um, your your tabletop exercises, your the performance of your team. Once the incident is resolved, um, we do have the capabilities to review and find uh, and add your findings and your postmortems uh, to the event. Um, so it becomes a, a piece of the record, um, which can be reviewed not only from a, um, a, a like a regulatory or an insurance, but also for continuous improvement um, by mm -hmm. being able to, to assess the team's performance and um, things that they could have done better. Uh, and, and having everything as a, a, a piece of record allows you to review that. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. Because um, one of the things that we do after every incident like this is to go back and examine what did we do well and what areas need improvement. Because look, even the most well-oiled machine can improve and can be quicker or change the process slightly to to match reality and and I really like that. You you mentioned collaboration. You've mentioned it a couple of times now, uh, and in this case, the collaboration uh, of uh, and approval of documents. And so, one of the things that I always include in my crisis management plans is a communications tool. And one of the things that we put in that are templates. And so the idea of having templates uh, for a, a cyber attack is you can issue statements without having to start from scratch. But we rely on the communications lead to generate the statements, but they need to be vetted and approved by legal and in some cases the entire crisis management team. Having a tool like this, I guess, allows me to store the documents there to get them worked up very quickly and then to share them with the entire team pretty easily, right? I mean, is that what the intent was for that? Yeah, exactly, Mark. Um, and, and thanks for bringing that up. Uh, the inspiration behind this brings me back to my days at BlackBerry uh, when I was on the disaster recovery team. Uh, if I'm able to share, I, I was given two thick binders and I was told to keep one in my car and one in my home and never be 20 minutes away from them. Um, there had to be a better way. So if I fast forward about 15 years, um, and as a software company, not only is paper bad for business, but there's also privacy concerns, having those things printed um, and being lost, um, and, and not to mention even available. So it's important to have all of those critical assets um, uh, just available and, and accessible when you need them. Um, so whether it's your playbooks, and as you mentioned, the press releases, um, vendor documents, insurance certificates, uh, all of that can be stored and encrypted in, in Shadow HQ. So uh, you're, you're not 
scrambling looking for those things, um, they're already just uh, your reach uh, in your crisis response. You could build a, a full library, a full crisis management library there with business continuity plans. You've already mentioned disaster recovery, contact lists, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's right at your fingertips. But now I have to challenge you on something because you talked about, you know, building it on kind of the principles of some of the common tools that are out there. You mentioned WhatsApp and, and it feels kind of Teams-ish to me. So why wouldn't I just use like something like SharePoint to store the documents and then, I don't know, maybe meet in Teams or something like that? I mean, that doesn't that accomplish the same thing? Yeah, uh, it's a great point, um, Mark. I think, um, you, you know, us at, at MobiStream, we needed a new line of business like we did a hole in the head. Um, but the truth is our <laughs> client, the truth is our clients brought us here um, in this direction. So um, when looking for a purpose built, like a virtual bunker for a cybersecurity attack or major critical um, crisis, we could, we found that there was a gap in the market. Um, and, and it wasn't just that we thought there was a gap in the market one of uh, some of the biggest uh, security detection and response companies are using Shadow HQ as their internal backup. So um, the tool, the market needed a tool like this, um, and the validation came from the people that we have as our clients. Um, when we also were reviewing the opportunity, we found that people were using their in-band day-to-day primary systems to manage their incidents. Um, which is a like introduces a, a risk within itself. So, you know, SharePoint and Teams, they're great tools for business operations. In fact, we use them, um, but not sure that they, they or the accounts that power them are reliable during that major incident. Um, as one of my CISO clients uh, said, when the house is on fire, we have nowhere to go. And I think that's the kind of uh, thing that we're problem that we're trying to solve. Um, uh, the other thing I would say, uh, what we learned about the market is uh, all of the tools and services out there are really about IT remediation. Um, we wanted a place where uh, all aspects of your cyber or crisis team could um, respond and collaborate. And that includes, you know, insurance, marketing, customer relations, investor relations, HR. Um, they all play a critical role in maintaining the reputation, the revenue, the employee base. Um, as you know, a lot of these crises can get coverage in, in, the, in the media. And if the media is the only one telling the story, um, there's some risk uh, that can come to your, to your brand and your organization. I really like what you said there. I have said forever that too many companies treat cyber like a risk or an incident that's just IT's problem. And uh, I've come across a number of clients where They'll have their IT people making statements to the customers or statements to the to the public. And I'm like, hang on a second. You have yeah. another team right over here who is highly qualified in that in your either marketing team or corporate communications team. Why not bring the people to the table that have the subject matter expertise you need? Let your technical people do that technical stuff and let the other people do what they're good at, you know? And, and I really like that uh, you're giving space for that. I want to expand the conversation here a little bit before I get you out of here. Um, you built this with cyber in mind, but 
is there any reason why we couldn't use it for other business disruptions? Um, so great point. And it can absolutely be used uh, for a lot of these um, type of crises or, or continuity events. Um, the reason we stayed in this space was because one, there was a, a, an environment or like an industry that's evolving uh, in the cyber threat. Um, it's no longer just about a forest fire or an active shooter or um, a major outage. Uh, it, it's about your systems being attacked. Well, no, that's a good point because I can see a situation where there's a business continuity event. Maybe there's some kind of a disruption at the office and I need to pull the business continuity group together. Maybe it's not quite crisis level, but I need to pull the business continuity group together, execute the business continuity plan, focus on keeping those critical functions running. And uh, I could use a, a tool like this uh, to, again, have all of the documentation right there in place and uh, present everything I needed to, to the key stakeholders. So I, I think there's practical use for something like this outside of just uh, a cyber event. Uh, Nick, this is really interesting. And uh, people might want to learn more about it and, and connect with you. Uh, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Um, yeah, just simply on our website, uh, shadowhq.io. Um, we're pretty out there on LinkedIn as well. Um, I, I'd invite your user, your listeners to to book a demo, uh, not just to, to see Shadow HQ, but to continue the conversation on uh, incident response and, and uh, you know, learn from each other on that. Um, my email is uh, nick at shadowhq.io. Um, and again, uh, just love, love what we do and love talking about it. So uh, please keep in touch and connect. But before I go, I wanted to thank you uh, again for having me, Mark. Uh, I love listening to your podcasts. You're the best in class in what you do. And I'm honored uh, that you asked me to be here today. And so thank you again. Well, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for doing it. And uh, we'll chat soon. Awesome. Thank you. I want to thank Nick Scazzaro for being my guest this week on the podcast and talking to us about a different approach to cyber crisis response. A huge thanks, as always, to the Resilience Think Tank for sponsoring the podcast. We have some big news coming in the weeks ahead from the Resilience Think Tank, so continue to listen here and follow the Resilience Think Tank on LinkedIn so that you can be aware of this uh, big breaking news that will be coming here shortly. We continue next week with another great guest, so join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.